here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And, and yes, with that sun came all the, the beach goers. It's been a big weekend. Uh, it's packed down here. You can, cooks, you cooks can go home. hardly tell we are still home with stay in shelter. We only have, we're doing good here in Santa Cruz County, so feel free to not visit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not working. We're trying. Um, hey, everyone. This is Liza, and yeah, we are still recording via Zoom. It's been a while since we've all been in the same room together. Um, but hey, we're making it work, so let's introduce who else is here. Of course, it is Lady Davina Party Trousers, also known as Miss Emma. <laughs> Aloha, darling. And uh, I am keeping it real in Monterey, California. Exactly. And coming uh, to us from his shed next to a crispy Evil Knievel toy, it's Naked Jim. He's loving soul. It's the love shed. Giving some love to <laughs> one today before I bring it down to Emma. It's, shed, it's Jim Shed. Oh, shite. <laughs> uh, I like Tim right. and And then uh, here's a big surprise. Probably been a while since you've heard this voice. It's award-winning Mike. Yo, what up? How you guys doing from the hammock? <laughs> <laughs> a ham in a hammock. How about that? It's true. It's true. I'm a meat eater. And then we've got, let's see, Bagel and Knock are trying to get in, I think, just in time for the introductions. Bagel, are you there? He's muted. He's muted. It's coming. No, no. He's coming. His audio is waiting to connect. All right. And we'll get to our special guest. It's Mark Dinges. Hey, Mark. Hi there. I'm call hey, I'm Mark. here from the OC. I'm I actually live in Newport Beach where all the news is about the beaches. So I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was going to say that's right, Mark. I mean, the beaches down in that neck of the woods have been making the headlines it's this It's unbelievable. Week. They're all coming from L.A., San Diego. They're coming from everywhere because we're the only beaches open, I guess. I don't know Jeez. what right. is open. Yeah, but no social distancing down there, right? I mean, I, everybody is just crammed on like sardines. I don't get it. <laughs> well, you look like you're coming to us from the safety of your apartment. I'm so actually you're the in my office. One. I actually got my office is close to my house, so I came over to the office. Okay, very good. Working on a Sunday. Thank you, darling. <laughs> nice. Well, um, hey, I wanted to get to uh, why Mark has joined us. I'm I'm kind of excited about about this. You know, a lot of the guests that we get are because. Some of us get, uh, you know, interested in something or we want to learn more about something or we go down a rabbit hole. And it's great to have that outlet to be able then to reach out to somebody and to hear from them, you know, the real story. So uh, I know people have been hearing us talk about the Evil Knievel toy that we've been playing with. Are you going to wind it up, Jim? 
That sound, sound right? effect? That sound, right? Oh, oh dude, I think I think <laughs> Evil might be running for a valve job. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, we've been having so much fun, and I just released our latest video. There's that sound. Mike, you saw the video. What'd you think, man? I thought it was uh, very well done. Um, Mark said it was like a um, the, like a trailer to Die Hard. <laughs> it is. It is. Dying harder. <laughs> Die harder than ever. Dying, dying harder. I just, I just dropped Evil spinning from three feet on the ground. He rode a fucking wheelie out of my shop. No lie. Well, you know what? Here's, here's, here's my take on your video currently. When watching the video, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, no, this is embarrassing because it wasn't working, <laughs> you know, and it was like failed attempt after failed attempt. So I think it was I like know, you do a lot of movies like that, Mike. Yeah, exactly. That's how we do movies is, is there's a lot of bullshit first. And then, like, you know, we don't just put the, you know, the victory. So I thought I thought it was uh, well earned. And it was failing ending. horribly, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I call it wonderfully failing wonderfully. Yes. I guess it's good. <laughs> this is your first experience of the misfits. This but is- failing horribly is something we're just expert at. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I, I know what that is. Believe me, you so, can't be in business without that. Oh yeah, a lot oh, of. I just wanted to. Oh, I wanted yeah. to say yes, too. Me. That I was going to come and film with you guys, but my wife wouldn't let me out of the house. Oh, you poor so. thing! Mom wouldn't let you out. You're in trouble. <laughs> wouldn't let me, yeah, mom wouldn't let me out. out play with the well, cool kids. We've had uh, we've had a lot of fun, a lot of uh, sessions uh, playing with the toy, and it brought back so many memories um, from being a child because it's you know it's it's the same thing all over again that same feeling and and Jim and I we were just having fun. Also, I mean, in this quarantine, it was really nice to kind of like cut loose and and play for a while it came at the right time and um you know as i was looking at these and you know these were announced that they were coming out last year i actually had a pre-order um from like last year that i forgot about which is why i just got four more in the mail (laughs) i have a bunch here um but so i was like you know i i want to know more about how these toys came to be, how they came came to market. Also, I was curious why it looks different from the one I bought in 98, the Repop in 98. So I reached out to the company who's putting it out, and that's why Mark is here. Mark, you're with California Creations, who that's has right. put out this toy, and it just came out a few weeks ago, right? That's correct. Yeah, uh, I think the last couple of days of March, March 30th, <clears throat> 31st. But it's been in the works a while. If I placed an order last year, so I'm guessing that there's a good story there. So I would like to know, I'd like to know more about this toy. We've been having fun. So this is made from the original molds, right? It is, but it's like you said, it's kind of got its own story. The because uh, it goes all the way back to those original molds and ideal toys. Um. Ideal Toys made the toy from 73 through 77, but they went bankrupt in 1985 or so. Maybe it might've been a little even earlier than that. And uh, they went out of business and they had a lot of toys. They were one of the biggest toy companies in the world just a few years earlier. And a friend of mine named uh, Jay Horowitz happened to be in place at that time in the 1980s, um, American Classic Toys. He bought all of the molds from Ideal, everything including these molds. So he had, I mean, it was uh, uh, thousands of molds. 
and he moved them all. He was he did a lot of business in South America and Mexico. He moved them all to Mexico, and they've been they sat dormant for a long time. Any of these toys you've seen from Proof Slinky from anybody have always been through Jay, because Jay owns the molds. Wow. So uh, that's the starting point for them. And uh, Jay is a big. He was a, a good friend at the, especially later in life with Evil. He went to. He uh, did a lot of events with him. Evil talked to him all the time. Um, so he was a, a good personal friend of his. Um, the uh, basically what happened with me is I, I'm a. I have a toy company. I've been in the toy business since 1985. Um, I have nothing to do with this toy until about a year and a half ago. And uh, I've been in the basically in the wind-up toy business. You guys might, uh, among other things. But I don't know if you've ever seen this toy. I see Liza is about to lose her mind. <laughs> He's the only Put toy behind Liza. Liza. I've uh, seen nice. that toy. If, if, you uh, walk, yeah. if you went around the office here, there are toys everywhere. Um, awesome. I've I've been my parents sold the smile button in the 19 Western states in 1968 when I was growing up. What? Their territory. Oh. So I started off very young in this. I was selling in trade shows in 1972. Oh my God! Wow. So I, I go pretty far pretty far back in the industry. Mark, I have, in 85. I got into the toy connection. Mark, I have what, a few toys. I have a few toys. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, I I wish I could. Uh, I, I mean, I can just show you. I'm gonna spin this real quickly over here. Hey, you oh got lots in my room. But I, and you, and Liza, <laughs> you and Liza were definitely separated at birth. <laughs> Wait, did they? You you're not the guy they made the movie Forty Year Old Virgin about, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually have toys. There, the whole office is full of them. Because um, oh. we, we keep all the stuff we've sold over the years. Wait, you don't have the million dollar man though, do you? Six million dollar man. I don't have the six million dollar man. These are actually not collectibles. <laughs> These are all my own toys. Yeah, right. That's awesome. We have. Uh, I, sh I should. I mean, uh, let me see what I could show you guys. Well, um, in that we sense, have, they I are have collectibles. Original sculpted pieces before they were made. Uh, um, oh. So anyway, I've I've marketed a lot of toys over the years, and uh, Jay came to a trade show in Dallas about uh, October, uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, he was in our booth talking to us, and and he mentioned that he had the Evil Knievel moles. I have a, a a guy who works for me that you guys may recognize the name Rudy. Um, he's very active on uh, social media, on Facebook, and everything. He's mm -hmm. pretty kind of a spokesman for us. He had the toy when he was a kid, and he says it was my. It immediately said it's my favorite toy of my life. Right. So I kind of looked at him and said, "Really?" And so we started talking, and we said, "Okay, let's make the toy. We'll do it." And you know, I'm I'm kind of cutting the whole thing short. Yeah. So it took. Uh, we we placed an order almost immediately to get it into production, and uh, this was last year when you placed your order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we launched it at at uh, the New York Toy Fair. And then at trade shows across the country, and uh, we we uh, went into the final production. It was completed, and they sent samples, and they I I couldn't accept them. Uh, mm -hmm. They you wound them up, they'd go 30, 40 feet and tip over. Mm -hmm. And I kept seeing these videos from back in the you know olden days, and these guys are jumping three cars and they're doing incredible things with this. And this toy couldn't make it out of my office, and I said, this isn't the toy. And they were the, the factory or the people that were involved were trying to say this is a collector's item. And I said, no, 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 we're going to make this a back into the toy it was. Because the samples I had, I think that this is one of the great toys in history. Yes, it is. It really is. There's, 
Oh, there's no question of that, Mark. But this so wasn't. <laughs> right. So you did the right thing. Oh, my gosh. So that's why we just so we cut it off. We had spent a lot. You know, we spent a lot of money. Everybody had spent money on it. What we found was that the company that made the, the critical flywheel inside of the toy, the one that gives it all that uh, uh, power, basically, off the, the launcher, they that the company that originally made it went out of business. They didn't have the molds for it, so they made a their own flywheel, and it just wasn't right. So uh, Jay, who the guy who owns the molds, actually is an engineer. Uh, he went over to the factory and spent a couple weeks over there, and with the factory, the head engineer, they redesigned the the flywheel late last year, and uh, we got some samples out and. Uh, the first sample we got, the original prototype, they were on a side of a street and they were on a, a, in a park. And it, they kept having failure after failure. They finally got one to take off. It went over 100 meters or 100 yards. It took a left turn, went through a parkway, jumped the curb, went out into traffic and got run over by a car. <laughs> that was our, our, our first sample. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. So we were, you know, after... So, but fortunately, they, they kept the design and they started sending samples to us. And we finally were in a position where we could start a, a, a proving samples. And that's why we tried to get it in January. It was too late. We actually had sold it to a lot of retailers. We, everybody was kind of disappointed in it because we hadn't uh, delivered. So we were kind of holding off until it got here. And then it arrived about a week after California at least put the stay-at-home order on. Right. So, at, at kind of a, what I'll call gunpoint, we had to take a new tactic to sell it, um, meaning that we didn't have the stores. This is the first time in my life I have we have no retailers to sell to, basically. Yeah. And uh, so we we kind of saw this coming. So we took about six weeks. We already had a lot of of uh, videos and things, but I, I hired a video company. We started making videos. We started putting things together, and uh, we launched it online on Facebook. And uh, we're going to somehow survive this thing as a toy company based on this toy doing so well. I think uh, you might survive just on your sales uh, to Liza. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of people buying a lot of them. There's, it's, it's amazing. Well, you know what I'll say? And you, you covered a lot of ground there, which was all, it's a killer story, especially about the, the selling the smiley pins and stuff. <laughs> But one of the things you said that was so critical, like to our fun, I don't know about you, but was that you went back to the original design and the flywheel makes total sense. Because we got it and you expect, okay, it'll work and it'll work for a little while, but you know, we're going to beat it up and, and whatever. And it worked like a charm mm -hmm. from the very beginning and it never failed to entertain in the sense he would never stop unless he got clotheslined. He would wheelie and, and like you said, left hand turns. And when you started telling the story uh, about going length of a football field and making a left-hand turn and getting run over, I wouldn't have believed it until after last week. And I'm like, I don't doubt that. Because I told Liza, we don't have a long enough runway. I think the longer you let him go, the more he'll do. It's wild. So, But but the point being, you knew you needed a toy that people could have fun with and wouldn't break on the first day and wouldn't suck to play with. Because that's And, you know, I... <clears throat> I always look for the little jewel in all of this because in, in every story there's a gem to come out. And the gem to me is the fact that you are a toy man. And the fact that you're a toy man and you've been a toy man for so long and for life, you understood that the play value with this was everything. And if it hadn't been you... 
it might have failed. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you, this is, I've been involved with bikes as long as you've been involved with toys. So I understand the drive and the passion. And I mean, you know, you, you bleed toys just like I bleed motorcycles. And your understanding of what a toy is and how a toy should be really turned this into what it was. That's, that to me is the jewel. I appreciate you saying that. I don't know. I think there's other people who probably would have recognized it, but I happen to be in the right place at the right time with this well, toy. Things happen for a reason. You know, every, everything happens for a reason. I, I agree. My, my, my sales for March were 88% off of the year before because of this virus. Yeah. Wow. So, so 88% down. I had to let a lot of staff go. And we're now, I'm out yesterday on Saturday out packing orders. My staff, I've got two tremendous people here. Only two of us, Rudy and Samantha, and they're both the same type of people. They'll just work until they bleed. And uh, we're doing all this, which is well, a much bigger company to a very, very small company right now. So we're, we're going to make this work. In my opinion, you now are manufacturing the greatest toy ever. And I wish you all the success that that deserves. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you, the, the, my goal in this is not, it's actually funny. I'm, I, I'm learning a lot about this toy. I didn't know that there was this, and I don't even know what to call the group of you guys. Because it's not just <laughs> you. Cult. No, it's not just you. There, are, there, there seem to be tens of thousands of adults. Mm -hmm. I've had videos of, of people opening the package and almost having tears running down their face, reminding themselves when they were eight or 10 years old. It's remarkable. So um, I'll kind of ex explain something a little bit, which may or may not make sense. Um, I do a lot of work with the Misfits, with bikes, but my real passion is vintage bikes. And I do a lot of very, very high-quality upscale work for private clients. And they'll ship bikes to me from all over the country, and I'll rebuild them and send them back. And they've got to operate as well or as uh, better than they did when they were new in the 1960s. And I hear the same thing from all of them. This motorcycle takes me from 60 to 18 in no time flat. <laughs> yes. And I hear that over and over and over again, and so it is with your toy. That's so exactly correct. I have a I have a question. So it's uh, in this day and age, I would think it's very hard to make anything for children, and and especially compared to toys of the seventies, where th a lot of them are outlawed because they could kill you. To bring a toy from the seventies to now, I'm curious if you had to make changes, and and what changes were made to this toy that's the difference i know there's some slight slight differences right yeah it's it's very minor the uh, it's i was actually surprised we were concerned um i'm very very familiar i've uh, i think i've purchased a, one of the wings of the uh, testing labs uh, for all the testing i've done in the last uh, 15 years <laughs> it's unbelievable how extensive and how uh, how much testing is involved with a toy but um in reality this this passed pretty easily it wasn't really that, you know, there are some difficulties. We have age grades that we have to uh, adhere to, but it, it really wasn't as difficult as I thought it might be. I wasn't sure with that back wheel if there was going to be a problem. And uh, fortunately, there wasn't. It got approved very quickly. I have um, 
I've got an observation too. I mean, I think that, uh, or also too, just like, it sounds to me like, like I'm always saying that you're, you're mark, you're marketing or you're targeting, you know, people who are nostalgic over the toy, but then also like, how do you market to younger people? And then maybe hopefully it's the, um, the older generation that's trying to introduce it. Like we've had another guest on here who is doing a kid's book for, for, uh, about motorcycles. And it's like a really great way if you're really interested in having your child participate in something, you know, because um, kids watch you. I mean, my kid watches me when, when I'm really into something, um, you know, and then if I have a, a way to kind of bring it down to her level, you know, and, and, and kind of, you know, bite sized pieces of it, then maybe, maybe I could plant the seed or, you know, it'd be something she'd be more interested in when she sees me riding away on my motorcycles. And the other thing um, that I wanted to say too is, uh, I'm not really, if, from a parent's point of view, and with was as far as toys go, you know, our our my daughter has, you know, she's got quite a few toys, and uh, but this whole situation being stuck at the house for the past month and a half and not really going out too much, it's actually, um, I wouldn't say we spoil her more than we we normally do, but like we're definitely creating a lot more surprises for Freya when when she comes home. So I think it's actually maybe a better idea because you have a lot of people with kids that are stuck inside mm-hmm. and they're doing stuff. And if you can kind of tap into people such as myself and, and find a way to be like, Hey, look at this. You know, I think, you know, it might actually, uh, I don't want to say be advantageous no, because it, you said you're 80% down, but I, I agree completely, but it is a good you know, time because watching a lot see of the, the toy I got for my daughter right now on top of my dryer. Wait, I can't wait to see what she says tomorrow. Uh, just uh, I watching a lot of the videos that people are posting and there's a lot of people playing with their children. Um, I want to know though, I was saying there are some differences like, um, how do you tell the difference between this and one of the collectible toys? Cause they go for a lot of money. They do. One, one of the things we did, if uh, I don't have one of the collective boxes here, I have one uh, out there. Um, mm-hmm. We changed the art on the front of it and we used, it's part of the reason why we used the trail bike in the beginning. That's actually a photograph. The other, the original design of that box, because we actually scanned the original box to get that artwork. Yeah. We just removed the, yeah, it's that side art there. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the, the motorcycle up on top, up above in the middle yeah. on the left. Yeah. That that art there, actually the one on the left in the middle, that one, that used to be the picture on the front, right, right. This package, and we we didn't want confusion for the collectors. Um, If you pick up the bike that you have and turn it over, we actually have it dated um, on the bike and on the package. Um, We tried to protect the people who are collecting the old one, but we also. Uh, you know, we want to, my goal is not actually to sell to you guys, even though I'm really happy. Yeah. I, I, I can sell to you as a toy guy. I want to turn this back into the great toy. It, sh- it is, mm-hmm. it's been lost for what? 40 some years here. And I think there's an opportunity here. And I, I kind of understand, I hope a little bit how kids think and how, what they need. One of the things they used to do with this toy and, and you guys were talking about it here briefly Today, the way the environment on the lockdown kind of with a you know shelter in place is very similar to life back in the seventies. If you remember, you know, most some of you guys are old enough for that. But yes, <laughs> the, the, one of you us. Know, but you used to stay home and play with your friends. You really didn't have this thing where every single minute of your life was consumed by some event or some after-school program. Or right, you, you played. And and uh, it's that now. It's back to that. And so this toy, it couldn't have been better timing for us to bring this toy back at this exact moment. 
And, no, I, uh, I, I think fate is smiling on you, Mark. I really do. I, do. I mean, if it's, it's, I think it's the right toy for the right time. You're going to sell to kids. You're going to sell to people of our age yeah. to give to their kids, to give to their grandchildren, but more importantly, to play with their grandchildren, to get their faces out of the damn phone and actually start playing with something. I agree completely. We have a, a very large I'll call it, marketing program towards kids coming. Um, we have well, our stocks running out. We didn't know what the reaction was going to be here. And we're actually selling more this way than we would have. We'd sold the retailers. That's amazing. Well, the problem would be if I put it in a retail store and a toy store, what are the chances of one of you going in that store? Now, Mike might have, he's got kids, but the people that are the age that need to see it, and that's what happened kind of with the, the other launches that didn't work as well. They couldn't get it in front of the right people. We can actually get it in front of the people at the right age on Facebook right. and on, online to get it started, to kick this thing forward. But we're, we're going to be doing an entire program for the rest of this year to get kids involved, to show kids and advertise to kids and show them having fun and get a word of mouth starting to spread. It, it'll take time, but we'll get there. So let's let's take this opportunity, first of all, to say how you can get it and how much it costs. Because how much it costs to me is ridiculous. It's so, I will call it affordable. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I would have paid a hundred bucks, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we could have uh, tried to make more money at this, if you yeah. understand what I mean by that. But what we want to do is make it affordable. Uh, we want to get it sell volume. That's my background in toys, is not to make a lot of money on any one toy. But to try to sell, I would like to sell millions of these again, just like they did originally. I don't want to sell a few hundred to some, you know, to collectors. And if we made it $100, I think we would have had a much, yeah. much smaller group of people, especially people with eight and 10 year olds where we really want to get to. I will, I'm, I'm I will, I will admit if, if I paid 100, I probably wouldn't have sent it and launched it into a fire pit. Yeah, you right. well, <laughs> I think in that sense, you, it sounds like you, you saturate the market, but you also create a, uh, a relationship the customers because you have affordable toy it's kind of like what i do with my business where i don't charge through the roof and bang people out one time for a job i want a relationship that they'll call me for the next yeah but you know years what? every time mike, they need something mike he's a toy man mark is they happiest. banging people out Mark is happiest when children are playing with his products and the more children that play with his stuff the happier you are right yeah oh, that's correct absolutely all right but he, we, he's a toy man. But we, you still haven't answered the question. How much and how does somebody get it? Okay, you can get it on evilknieveltoys.com. Mm -hmm. Or you can get it on californiacreations.net. Yes. And both of those are the stores. And it's uh, $44.95. It's free freight, which is probably the most expensive thing involved in this. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. we, we ship it to you free. And uh, we're, you can get it on there. We're actually just launched a T-shirt this weekend. I don't know if you saw whoa, it. Whoa, 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 what? With, hey, and it's got the original picture. If you look on the corner of the oh, box geez. of the boy on there, that's actually, that picture on the of, on the box is the original picture from on the front. <clears throat> yeah, the yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That's the original picture from the 1970s box. All right, how do I get a T-shirt? We put it on the T-shirt. It's the last of the gladiators. It's, it's what... Uh, it's kind of uh, if you know the movie, that's where we are. That's what the the uh, what they asked us to put on there. So it's uh, it's it's all about the sun cycle. 
So I, well, how do I get a shirt? I need a shirt. The shirt is, it's on the site right now. It just went up for sale this weekend. Actually, yesterday it went up for sale. That's twenty four ninety five. It's a really nice uh, 50-50 blend shirt. So it's a nice shirt. And that's Evil Knievel Toys? Uh, EvilKnieveltoys.com. EvilKnieveltoys.com. We're, oh. we're going to be bringing out a lot of other things as we go along here. More apparel, more other things. So um, uh, that that was another question, but right now, Sue, our listeners can't see because I made Jim mute. But do you want to describe what's happening, Mark? Can you tell? Can you see what's happening there? Oh yeah, you're back. <laughs> no, Jim? You know he. Jim is. Uh, is he going to reenact it? He yeah. There's flames. I see flames. I see a jump, and he is trying to wind up the toy. Oh. There's Freya. Um, yeah, he is trying to show off how much fun the toy is while you're here in the in his backyard. I think you can make that. But show. I, oh, yeah. I just want to explain because Jim didn't say anything while mm-hmm. he was doing it, but while oh. everybody was there, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he what he did was he if, if everybody's familiar with uh, Tony Hawk, he did what, say that again, Mike. The Tony Hawk game, the Stephen yeah. Hisoy, the the Christ Air. Mm-hmm. So basically, he I think he bailing wired Evil to the back of the pillion mm-hmm. and had his arms out like Jesus on the cross. And uh, I saw him taking a wrench to it. I was like, Oh no, what's he doing right now? <laughs> to this toy in front of the maker. But uh, yeah, and then it looks like he just shot him off the ramp there. It's fire. Him likes fires. Yeah, he does. So, can I ask, Mark? Um, Gasoline just makes it way too easy. <laughs> you know, it it's, it's all the things that we wanted to do as kids that we couldn't. Now we can. Now you can. One quick point, though. Me and Liza, we probably had seven hours into this guy, right? We spent <laughs> like, hours like getting everything right. It looks like it. We made some modifications. I'll show you later. You might want to uh, invest in the patent. Um, (laughs) No, but but then I just put him back in the launcher. That's the key part, the launcher, because that's what you think is going to crap out. That thing still works like a boss. It's great. That's always great. I've got a question for you, Mark. I'll kind of divide it into two halves. Doing the trail cycle instead of the stunt cycle, Mm -hmm. was that your plan from, like, the moment or does it kind of evolve based on collectability and the second part of the question are you planning on reissuing the stunt cycle mm-hmm. good question tricky question you're getting what you're, you're going to get ahead of me you guys are going to get some uh, yeah. some information here that, that wouldn't be available otherwise that is a that is also a misfits trademark we and won't tell anyone we won't okay, tell sure, anyone. Sure, it's, sure you it's, it's just <laughs> you and us and ten thousand listeners. Exactly. So you know, it's 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 very small group. So I I, I will, I'm going to be as straight as I can because remember I didn't I was not involved with this toy as a kid. I was too old. I was in right. high school when this toy came out. So I was more interested in girls than I was playing with a, a, a toy like this. Well, I'm but, I'm very glad to hear that, darling. Yeah. You know. It's, <laughs> But, but uh, I actually relied on uh, Jay and the factory as far as which of the motorcycles that we had, that we had the molds on, could perform the best with the, two, you know, with the molds we had without right. having to remake things. And the trail bike was the one. It was, the, it was absolutely the choice we had to make. We still have the mold for the motorcycle. Um, we've, it, it will come out at some point. Yes. We did have some, I know, we did have some bad news recently, though. Oh. And I'm talking really devastating news. You got to remember that uh, Jay Horowitz, again, is his name. He bought all of the molds. Mm-hmm. He had yes. everything. The RV, the... Oh, everything. what? All the things. So, 
So he he moved them all to this factory, and they've been holding them for all these years. The factory moved because things changed in these factories and went to a smaller location, and they they took a large portion of the mold and stored them in another factory, a friend. We didn't. Uh, Jay didn't know it. This was before I was involved. The factory went bankrupt. Oh no! <clears throat> they didn't pay the the workers. They didn't pay. They owed a lot of money. The government came in and basically took everything and auctioned it off, including Jay's molds. No, we lost it all. Now we we still have some molds, but we lost a lot of them. So they're going to be much harder to duplicate. Okay. So, but we do Whoa. have the motorcycle. Uh, we do. We've got some surprises coming though, because <laughs> remember, I want this to be something for kids. Sure. And, and kids today. I don't want to touch the toy because I think the toy is, is uh, it's going to be around in a hundred years from now. Kids would still have fun with that. What about, oh, yeah. what about the stunt car, the drag racer, the sky cycle, lost it all, the chopper. And believe me, Jay said oh. literally, he's, and he's a, he's a full grown man. He had tears running down his face. When he oh, I cannot even imagine. Do, do they, act, you know, do you have access to the records of the people who bought certain things or is that like closed and private? You mean back then? You mean, yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah. Like, like who has yeah. the molds? Can you, can you track them down? No, no, we're, yeah, they're, they're looking for them, but often those molds then are lost. Yeah. So, um, my take on this whole thing, I think you were absolutely right to do the, the trail cycle. I think it's fundamentally, it's better performing than the stunt bike. The stunt bike, you know, relied a little more heavily. The tailpipes were everything on the stunt, stunt bike because they acted as kind of, it had stopped the thing going over backwards. It had rest on its tailpipes and it'd bounce off its tailpipes and do left and right. So that's why they're so long. But for an older audience, now that doesn't mean we're not going to play with it. But if you saw Liza's face light up when you said that you were going to re reintroduce the motorcycle. So, you know, from, from, from the, the, the older standpoint, I think a lot of everyone would be waiting for that. Well, I've, I've been talking to Kelly recently, uh, more often. I've gotten to know him a little bit. I, Kelly, I actually spoke to him this morning. Yeah, that was another question I had, because you also had to get the rights from Kelly Knievel, who handles yeah, the Kelly's Knievel been estate. He's been, he's been very enthusiastically following this. I think uh, I think he was kind of looking for somebody like me to help, you know, to work with, mm -hmm. um, who could kind of sink their teeth into this. Um, and uh, he's been very instrumental in... in uh, Give me suggestions on his side. He knows a lot. I mean, he's he's lived this his whole you know his whole life, so uh, it's been fun. And he he uh, he kind of knows. A, he's forgotten more than I know. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I he and he knows a lot of players in this. So he's gonna. I don't. I, I'm not gonna disclose everything we're working on, but we are working on some things that we both discussed this morning and and for the future that uh, I think you guys, especially you guys, will be happy about. Right. But also, we're gonna work on things, as I said. I would. Uh, I personally, and I know the, the you know Rudy and Samantha who work with me, and everybody involved in this toy company. We want kids playing with this too. Yeah. I want when, when when you compete with that video. I want some 10, 12 year olds out there oh, making God, yeah. crazy jumps. Well, and actually, I want to take a moment because you just mentioned competing with the video. So there is a competition, and you know it took me a while. I was playing with it for a while before I even read the the card that came in every box that says. Post your epic jumps and stunts online for a chance to win a $250 Amazon shopping spree? What? 
So you want to tell everyone about the contest? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's exactly that. What, what, what we want is people doing exactly what you did. I don't know. We don't want kids uh, lighting fires like you did, but everything <laughs> but that. <laughs> we, we want them making ramps. We want them jumping. And uh, we're going to basically you want to post them at hashtag Evil Knievel Toys or EK Toys. Mm-hmm. Um, gets there, but Evil Knievel Toys will get you there. And uh, post it everywhere, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to find you guys. And, uh, you, you know, we, we have a new, some new competition as of today, as I understand it, since you just posted yours. Yes, we are officially I like entered. Give, I would like to give a, a top tip, uh, well, two top tips. One is don't play with fire. That's bad. But if you do, I would recommend spraying him with a fire extinguisher before you begin. Oh, my well, God. <laughs> I was actually going to make a suggestion. It's one of the things I like to do with our guests. I oftentimes like to make a suggestion on how to make your product a little bit better. Oh, God. You may want to make the fireproof suit actually fireproof. Just saying. We never thought that was the, the, the case, but we may need to. Now, after seeing right, you guys. Selling to kids. <laughs> you know what? I, I, no, I think he is fireproof. He looked. Check it out. He never caught on fire. His fire suit, you can't see, it, did its job. Really he did. looks a little he charged. Hey, we want some pictures of like that. <laughs> can you post the after yes. photos of him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have some I can send you. But you know, put it on, on Facebook. This is the oil test. And, and I want you to know, we did practice that. Get and Jim will tell you every time his helmet flew off, I was insistent that we put the helmet back on because he took some hard hits. Yeah, he's got the he's got the burn marks around the eyes. Where the helmet Look at his goes. face. Did you see his face? Man, that's the new secret. Oh, that's so good. Well, Mark, we, we yeah, on we wish you all the success, Mark. I mean, it's the nineteen seventies were a very very nostalgic time in motorcycling and for America in general. You know, it's the whole bicentennial thing, the red, white, and blue. Arguably, Evil Knievel was really, he was up there as one of America's greatest showmen and sportsmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was P.T. Barnum of the, 21st cent- of the 20th century. I agree. And, you know, you're not only making a toy, you're dealing with the man's legacy, and you're, you're doing him proud. I really think so. Fuck that. You're dealing with my childhood because this is everything I am today <laughs> came from this. Um, well, you guys will be able to follow how, how we do because you're going to see mm-hmm. it as it, as it grows here. Hopefully. Oh, I can't wait to oh, see daily. it. Oh, so, daily. No, so, daily. We will be stalking your website daily. So we mentioned that you're running the contest. For anyone that has a cycle, you post a video and uh you tag it ekstuntcycle.com but we're running our own uh, oh, competition yeah. as well so oh. mark i would like your help because okay. last week we uh gave a trivia question and anyone who answered it correctly got entered into winning this is why i have so many of these we're giving one of these away each week oh oh yeah we're giving these away. So um, I've got eight names written here, numbered one through eight. I need you, Mark, to pick a number between one and eight, and that'll be who wins the EK Stunt Cycle this five. week. Number five. Oh, that was confident. Ooh, congratulations, Bill Zeiser. Yeah, Bill. Bill. <laughs> right yeah, Bill wins. You are stoked. Um, and you, Bill and, correctly answered... Mm-hmm. Number one. 
Which I the, can't <laughs> what were the questions? Question was, how did Evil Knievel get his name, Evil That's Knievel? That's right. He was in prison with awful Knawful. Exactly. <laughs> and then the second one, what does the B in BSA, the brand of motorcycle he occasionally used, stands for? And this is a tricky one, because if you were to ask 90% of people what BSA stands for, they say British small arms. It was a gun manufacturer. And that is the incorrect answer. And one that jars me a lot because this is my hometown. It is Birmingham small arms. Birmingham small arms. Mm. So Bill answered both of those questions correctly. Wow. Well done, yes, Bill. Wow. So I think we're ready to give away another one. But we are. We got a trivia question. Emma, what is the trivia question this week? And to win this cycle, all you have to do is answer the question correctly and email us at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com and you will be entered to win and we'll do the drawing next week. So, okay, Emma. So it's, it's easier this week because okay. it's one question, but it's in two parts. Now, everybody knows that Evil Knievel was a professional motorcycle stuntman. Mm -hmm. But before that, he actually was a professional athlete. So you have to, number one, name what he did, the sport he was involved with. And the second part is name the team. And it, it was his own team. So was Tiddlywinks a professional sport? No, you see, I've got so many funny things that I could say right now. But I, I feel like kids will be tuning into this podcast, this one here. So I'm just going to stay out of it. <laughs> no, this no, is he's a professional athlete. He was this a is quite athlete. legit. It, this is very, very legitimate. Um, he was a professional athlete. And he had his own team, or at least he named the team. Um, and I, I need him being a soccer guy. Both of those answers. Oh, soccer wasn't even thought of in America in the 1960s, Michael. Come on now. Yeah, but he's got like the soccer 70s chops, though. You know what I mean? You can speculate all you want. Could be baseball, oh, because you right remember now, baseball, they had those those things that would come around, the chops would come down real, real deep. Uh, Could be baseball. No, I guess you... it was team cigarette smoking. <laughs> <laughs> An alcohol Don't let it loose. Don't don't tell him the answer. Yeah, no, no, no. So send <laughs> send the answer to that question to recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com and you'll be entered to win. And the reason I'm doing these giveaways is a couple of reasons. One, I want to share in these toys that were so important to me, but two, I want some more competition out there to beat us in the uh, jump video. I think we I think we got a good one, man. I think we got a good one. What about and, longest ride as a competition too? Well, like distance. I'm just going to say it's hard because you'd have to figure out a way to measure over. Right. I've mm -hmm. seen him go 150 yards. You've thought about this. No, it's 150 <laughs> yards. You this. have to get like in a big church parking lot, an empty one, and go and try to. Then you have to figure out how to measure it. How do I verify how far that is? And but you know, it's, a, it's 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 a very valid point to bring up. I mean, we are giving away for absolutely no money whatsoever one of the most iconic toys of all time in return the very least you can do and i hope you're listening to this bill because you already won yours play with it and make a video if you're playing with it and playing with it with your kids better still make a video send it off to mark's website and get entered with the rest of them so hold on, Jim. Here's one more. Here's yeah. one more cool thing I thought. Like in a misfit toy sort of way, 
if we beat the crap out of it, it still runs. You guys just saw it jump almost into fire, pull dry a little. <laughs> um, but it, we had one little thing break, like two small pieces of exhaust break, and one. But we were able to make the the repair. Oh yeah, so the little uh, spools that go into the spinner, one of them broke, but we just put a screw in there and filed it down. And yeah, but you guys were throwing that thing in, in, in the pile of tires. With yeah, we fire broke, we broke up a lot of I mean, stuff. Like, like that it, thing was straight up in the pile of fucking tires. And the one yeah. thing, the one thing that broke. That's not normal. Fix. That's not normal. No, we, the the fact that we didn't kill it is amazing. We've broken the exhaust tips off, and oh yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's looking scary. I think you guys are the ones who made evil proud. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So I do have a question for you about this contest, though, because um, I went on your website. I could not find. Is there an end date? When does it end? There is. It will be up. I have a marketing group that's helping me with that okay. and it's there i got I, it'll be posted i'll have it up tomorrow without question you know where that is you don't know what but month age exists i just don't know exactly where that the the uh he has it because i've discussed it with him exactly what the, ah. the final date is it's going to be soon well cool we're going to run we're going to run more contests and i actually recommend to anyone um to go on to social media and you can type in the hashtag EK Stunt Cycle, and, and you can see all the videos that people have been posting. Yeah, Facebooks. I've been really enjoying watching other ones. You know, I think it's such a delicious irony that you're using 2020 technology to promote a toy from 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? It's incredible. And you couldn't do it without it. I couldn't know. Oh, you guys absolutely not. Yep. If I'd put this in the regular toy stores, I wouldn't know you guys. And right. you'd never see the toy. You'd be years. Yeah. Jim, you well, got a question? I've got one question as we're wrapping up, maybe. Um, do you ride motorcycles? And if you don't, are you curious about riding, riding motorcycles now? <laughs> <laughs> I have never ridden a motorcycle. I've been on a motorcycle. I've been on the back of a motorcycle. But no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a motorcycle rider. But do you, are you maybe a motorcycle rider? Uh, yes. Very, very unlikely. I think I, my wife would probably uh, divorce me if I said I'm getting a motorcycle and going to ride it in L.A. traffic. But you know I what? Better than that, though, I think this toy is going to help make a lot of motorcycle riders of the future. Ke Kelly and I talked about that this morning. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I may make a lot of motorcycle riders this, later. You're doing your part, and that's something that helps all of us uh, because the industry is hurting. So bringing a toy like this back is really helpful. So, so I wanted, yeah, I wanted to thank you for that. No, thank you so much, Mark. I, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story and how you, you came about this. But above all else, I want to thank you for making so many people happy, including a bunch of middle-aged bikers. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And um, I have some useless trivia about an obsolete uh, toy chain. So everybody remembers Toys R Us. Yeah. Do you remember the giraffe who represented Toys Jeffrey? R Us? Jeffrey, yes. Do you know who voiced Jeffrey? Oh, Ooh. I used to know this. I do not know. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Was it really? Jonathan, um, what's his name? The heavy, heavy set actor. Jonathan Winters? Jonathan Winters? Nope. Okay. It was Tom Hanks' kid brother. Oh. Jeffrey Giraffe sounded exactly like Tom Hanks because it was his brother. I did not know that. How now you know it Wow, that's trivia. There you go. There's trivia for you. Well, of course, long obsolete now, but there you go.
Nice. Yeah. Well, we thank you. Eva was too. Thank you very much. And again, you can go to let's see, cacreations.net. Evil Knievel Toys. Evil Knievel Toys. Toys. That's the easiest um, thing to do. You've got pictures and videos on there, though I will say I did get a bit of a laugh at some of the pictures because his helmet's all on wonky and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they may have looked a little rushed. I'm just saying. <laughs> we, we modified the helmet, actually. We made some helmet yeah. mods. We yeah, that's some... what it needs. I know. It does need that. That's the original mold. We don't know why yeah. it's that way, but that's... That's patented. Don't screenshot my modification. There. Okay. Well, all right. I'll close my eyes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on and sharing. And I'm going to give you, um, you know, an open invitation when you have new toys coming out please uh send us an email we'd love to put it out there to the world and have you on to talk about it thank you thanks very much really appreciate it yeah i appreciate thank it. you mark nice to meet all of you Later, mark. oh it's bye. great to meet you bye mark bye, bye. bye. thank you bye. see you all right was that pretty cool you guys that, that was, was cool. just great. What am a neat guy. Am I off? Oh, no, you're still here, Mark. You're oh, okay. still there. Don't say anything bad about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm going to hang up. I'm going to go. All I'll right. let you guys go. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. He's gone. Yeah, we've been having so much fun with these toys. But, I, you know, I would like to see more people um, share it with the kids. Mike, you may want to share it with Freya. I think yeah, she would sure. have a lot of fun. I'd be down. <laughs> exactly. So hey, she's yeah, got her like hey, uh, yeah, control here. vehicle. Sorry, I was a little late. Oh, it's the bagler. Hello, darling. Hello. 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 <laughs> so I wanted to get to some announcements. Oh. Uh, first of all, I have almost all of the Patreon shirts have been sent out. Um, so if you haven't got yours yet, it is on the way. Um, hey, I'd love for people to take pictures with their shirts and put them on our recycle page on Facebook. Um, Do you have extra shirts that people could buy by chance? There are a few. The best okay. way to get it is to be a Patreon sponsor, $5 or more and you're in um i'm making sure that they go to all of the patreon sponsors first and then after that i will be selling some but i don't have a lot i mean i do a limited run every year of a different shirt so um yeah if you want to support us on patreon um recycle garage motorcycles and misfits you'll find us there and uh we get a free shirt can I can I make a very brief statement about yeah. photographs of people wearing shirts? Um, if I could ask, they wear pants. If your shirt does not sit long on your body, <laughs> if you could be wearing other clothing as well, please. <laughs> exactly. I knew you were getting there. Um, also, um, Emma and I, Emma, you you went for a ride yesterday. I did. And you came up I and did. we had a little social outside on a nice sunny yeah, day. Yeah, we, 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 we sat on the back deck and had a little powwow, didn't we? We were, we were scheming. We were scheming, we were scheming, which is what we do best. You want to say what we were scheming about? Yeah, we've got a big announcement to make. Yeah. Oh. So every, is everyone sitting down? I am. Mike had to go poop, but you go ahead. We, well, he's sitting down. <laughs> we, are, we are reopening the garage next week. What? what? Yep. Oh, Mike just missed yep. the big announcement. Yeah, well, um, we considered it long and hard, and it's, it's based on a variety of factors, and 
before anybody jumps on and say says it's irresponsible, I mean, first and foremost, Recycle Garage is a garage. And we help people maintain their vehicles. And a lot of people are still working and still riding their vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so, as such, we are considered essential. Now, certainly for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a very different garage to the one it was before. Um, it's going to be a lot heavier on maintaining your bike, a lot less heavy on socializing. And you're very welcome to come down and help out. But number one, you will have to maintain proper social distancing. And number two, we're really going to encourage people. You've got to wear PPE. You have to do social distancing. But most importantly, you're going to have to clean up after yourself. Um, because it's gone beyond an inconvenience. I mean, this is absolutely vital. If we want to survive as a garage and we want to get through this, everyone needs to be responsible. Yeah. And being responsible means keeping your area clean and keeping yourself clean. So as she said, everyone is going to be responsible for bringing their own mask and gloves. That's something that everyone's uh, before this People said, hey, where are your gloves? And kind of expected the shop to have them for people to use. Well, to, to come to the garage, to, to be there, use any of the tools, you have to have masks, you have to have gloves, and you have to bring your own. First off, I can't be responsible for supplying it to everyone when it's hard to get. Um, and by mask, it can be a bandana. I mean, anything that's covering. Um, and what we're going to start doing is I had the idea for... Uh, people are using tools all the time and we don't want people touching tools. And um, what we'll do is I'm going to buy a bunch of big tubs or you know, medium sized tubs. So as you bar take tools, you put it in your tub and you keep it in the tub while you're working on the bike. When you are done for the day, you are then responsible for cleaning those tools and putting them away. And that way everyone will know who's touched what, who's using what, what's been cleaned. I think it's a way that we can offer a safe environment for everyone. And, um, can I ask you, uh, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Do you think maybe, uh, you should post a list of rules? Remember you had talked yeah, about that quite that. some time ago. So yeah, it's like very clear. we haven't announced it on social media yet and I will have something printed out hanging. Um, and I'm actually going to share something that happened this week that um, why we have to take all of these uh, precautions. Um, and hopefully this young man doesn't listen to the show because I don't want to make him feel like shit. Um, but here's what happened. I got a call from somebody who's not been to the garage before, but he said, hey, I just bought a bike. I don't have any gear. And I heard that you have gear you, that you give away. And I said, I do. I got a lot. Come on down. And he showed up. Nice guy in his, I'd say, you know, early, mid-20s. Um, and he showed up to the garage with no mask or gloves. And this was four days ago. So we're, we've been in this over a month now. Not to mention, we are now in a mandated um, mask situation. Um, so he showed up, and I was kind of surprised. Um, I was wearing mask and gloves because I don't, you know, know him. And I just told him, I said, hey, uh, just, you know, want to make sure you know, um, I still go out and to work and I don't know if I'm infected or not. So I'm wearing this gloves and mask 
to make sure, you know, you're protected. And his response was, oh, I'm good. I got a really good immune system. Which is better like, hope so. Which is like, yeah, but maybe I don't. And I don't want to say, you know, the young kids don't get it. But I do know that there are a good number of them who think that they're safe, so they're not worried. And I don't think they're putting two and two together about how they may be part of the problem and transmitting it to people like, well, we got to be careful about the elderly. I got to protect Emma, you know? Charming. (laughs) Thank you, darling. So, um... But um, I didn't I didn't lecture him because I was just I don't want to be like that crazy lady lecturing. So I was just kind of standing outside of the room and directing him. And he got a helmet, gloves, uh, jacket and pants. And then I was like, okay, I think that's good for now. And uh, he's like, yeah, I don't want to take up any more time. And he was turning to leave. And I keep all my personal gear on a shelf by the door and as he was exiting he saw my personal helmet he reached over and grabbed it with his bare hands with his hands inside on the cheek pads but said what about this one this is cool like no no that's mine please put it down now i'm like oh he just touched my helmet like this guy is actually clueless yep you don't touch people's stuff now like, you don't touch yeah. people's stuff now. So that made me realize, uh, if we're going to open up the garage, we need to be very clear. And we need to have some structure and rules. And that's why I thought of the tubs. I need to be able to provide some sort of a system that everyone can follow. Because we want to be able to gather. I mean, I think, Emma, we both miss being out there and helping people out, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, it. it's nobody ever questions my love of motorcycles yeah and the garage has become so much a part of what i do and so much a part of my weekend i really miss it so just for purely selfish reasons i want the garage to open but you know i know some people in the immediate area are having problems with their bike um not all bike shops are open but the larger bike shops can't afford to stay open Mm -hmm. so I know there are bikes out there that need work. So from next Sunday onwards, and bear in mind, this is a moving target. Um, Things may change. If there is a big flare-up of COVID-19, I don't think it's likely, but if it flares again, we'll have to review and maybe shut the garage down. But for the foreseeable future, on Sundays, the garage will be open. But just be aware, full PPE, and I will be enforcing very, very strict habits. So if Liza isn't prepared to yell at you, <laughs> you're not off the hook, because I will be. It, there you go. So I that's, like yelling at, I, I'm I like yelling I'm at people. We're gonna open I am back too. There's been um, a big hole in my life, darling. And this history <laughs> hole has been lacking. <laughs> Well, and here's the other thing, too, is in this, you know, in this time where I'm still not promoting. Well, you know, I'm going back to if you need a ride, go for a ride, go by yourself. Don't do group rides and take it easy. I'm still saying that you can do that. But you know, what's an even better way to use your time and to play with motorcycles is wrenching. 
and this is what we love to do too. It's a whole other side of motorcycling. Um, but there's, it's definitely, there's riding and there's wrenching. They're two different things. But I thought, you know what? What better time than now to go buy a project bike, right? Yep. And to wrench on it. And especially for people, like if you have any of these modern bikes, and I'll admit, I don't like working on my modern bikes. You can't get to anything. It's really complicated. There's sensors and computers and it's rat. But you know what I love and how I learned older, like Japanese bikes. Um, doesn't have to be, I mean, it could be an English bike, but older bikes that are just simple that you can actually take every single part of it apart and rebuild yep. it well, and learn how to wrench. Also, if you're cash heavy right now, you know, there's a lot of people who are strapped. So, I mean, now would really be a good time to pick up a bike because, you know, people are, uh, you know, I'm sure it'd be a little bit easier to pick something up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I decided to have a little competition. So we're going to do a little Craigslist porn pick, um, little, uh, you know, project bike. And what I did was um, I gave us each a $750 limit to find a good project bike. And we're going to all uh, present them to Emma, who's going to see who found the best one. Did everyone get their uh, their project bike picked out? Yep. 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 Okay. You'd, you'd better. Jim, do you, you want to start and present your choice to Emma? Yeah, I, I like mine. I'm stoked on it. So <clears throat> mine is a, I'm looking at it right now, uh, 1970 Suzuki 250 Enduro DT1 Yamaha. So this is the uh, 250 Savage. Is Did you send so, the link to Emma? Oh, no. Should I send it? I'll send yeah, it to Yeah, send a link to Emma so she can see. <laughs> I okay. send mine to you. Yeah, I sent it to her. You're good, Mike. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you better send it to me right now, Jim. So anyway, let's let's talk about your Sauvage. So it's a 250 <laughs> Savage, um, which I think is great because it's a dual sport bike. Um, yeah. well, let me just go through the, the important things first. And can it's, I ask? Been, can I ask where is it and how much is it? It's in Los Angeles. Okay. And it is five hundred and seventy-five dollars. Okay. Oh, great! Six thousand miles, ready to restore. Basically, this thing's been sitting in a barn for twenty years, in a guy's garage for twenty years. Um, has original ignition, original key. Appears to have original wiring, headlight, taillight, headlight switches, etc. Let's see, just not touched. It'll turn over, et cetera. So if it'll turn over and you can work on it, um, no back registration. So, you know, I'll have to look into that. But I'm thinking, for, you know, if it's been garage kept for 20 years, just doesn't run, there's a bike that is simple to work on. It's a plated dirt bike, which opens all sorts of doors in, in a lot of ways. Um, and it's not too hard to start, hopefully. Hopefully it just needs a carb clean, maybe some other TLC. Uh, some fresh gas and who knows maybe it'll run so that way it's not disheartening as a new motorcyclist working on a bike it's like something that's close to up and running for under you know that much money it, i'll email them right now is this a smoker oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. hell yeah yeah the only people back in 1970 the only people who were really exploring four-stroke technology aside from us brits of course were uh, honda mm -hmm. um but all the other Japanese manufacturers were, were making two smokers. So if somebody were to pull apart um, an engine, is a two-stroke going to be easier than a four-stroke? Oh, God, yeah. So that's a oh, good yeah. choice. And there's a few gotchas with two-strokes. I mean, you've got to um, 
you've got to understand that piston rings on a two-stroke are keyed onto the piston. So you have to make sure that you understand there's a locating pin in the grooves in the piston. And oftentimes, the, the piston rings will be asymmetrical. So if you try and put them on upside down, they're not going to fit. Mm. So, you know, aside from those two gotchas, they're really easy to work on. 90% of the problems that people have building four strokes is timing the cam to the crank. And of course, there's no camshaft or valves in a two stroke. So all that's taken away. And I, I'm, I'm going to say um, one of the criteria that I was thinking on this is a bike, not just that you can make run, but a bike that you could actually strip down every single piece. You know, learn how to take right. apart an engine, how to put in new bear, wheel bearings, and maybe even respoke a wheel. Like these are great, right. great bikes for that. So that's a good, that's a pretty good contender. Yeah, that's a nice one. All right. So Emma, did you get mine? Yes. So these- all right, I'll tell you what I got. Just so you guys know, I got a 1967. Honda C90. So it's a it's a cool little bike. Um, it's a C90 Sport. Yeah. So this thing, um, well, first of all, I mean, the C90, I mean, they're basically still making that engine. Yep. Um, and this bike, one of the criterias I look for is a tank that looks in good condition. And this one says that uh, rebuilt carb, new battery, new throttle cable, doesn't matter. I mean, you want to go through the whole thing. Outside of tank, in excellent shape inside has rust okay that's okay because that's a whole nother thing to learn how to deal with rust on the inside of a tank and you can deal with that but the outside if it looks good then it's worth saving um seat is fair i'm not even sure that's the original seat for this um i would look for a stock seat uh runs fine but smokes that's okay uh this bike is in dover ohio for 550 dollars so emma what do you think about a, a 1967 honda s90 you know i like 1960s japanese bikes there's there's very much a look to them and chrome sides to the tank knee grips little enamel badges and i'm always tickled when i'm working on a 60s japanese bike how nicely they're made um you know they they really made an effort with quality control back then and try and make the things out of substantial parts the smoking worries me a bit i mean you're going to have to pull the engine down but the best thing about any of those hondas with the cylinder sticking straight out of the front Mm -hmm. there's a ton of parts everywhere for them and if the engine's really toast you can pretty much put any engine in them if you if you've got a c50 and you fancy a lot more power and you find a ct110 or a ct125 or even a ct150 you can just bolt the engine straight Mm -hmm. in and quadruple your power and it'll bolt straight in i mean it's 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 great so um really can't go wrong with that i like it all right it's a bit of a trek though it's a bit of a trek darling i like i i I like jim's because it's a bit closer (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so bagel what did you find yeah 
Well, I found what I think would be a perfect starter bike for somebody who wants to get into wrenching. This is a Yamaha MX100, which is located in Mill Valley. Okay. Now, this is a this is a two-stroke dirt bike, and uh, the ad says, love this bike, but don't have time for it. All it needs is a new stator. Great quarantine mm. project. Oh, and, right there. And, and uh, since this is also a, a two-stroke, I think it's also a, a great bike to start out on. Nice and easy to work on. And as far as I know, parts should be fairly available for those. I think it's probably an 80s, 90s bike, if I'm not right. mistaken. Um, it might even it might even been earlier than that. I mean, I'm looking at it right now because Bagel actually sent me a picture of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a nice looking little bike. It's white. It's got really good looking gas tank with MX Yamaha on it. It's twin shock dirt bike. Um, physically very very small. You know, it's it's the kind of bike you could put your teenage child on, and it actually looks like fun. It doesn't look bad at all. Um, the stator worries me a little bit. I would love to know a bit more about that. But once again, I mean, it's really just another version of Jim's choice. Did it's you... a 1970s Japanese dirt bike. They're simple, they're fun, they're easy. And the best part about them, just like the Evil Knievel toy, when you're finished with it, it's and actually fun to play around with. I was going to say, when you're done with it, an old man will buy it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when you're done with it, you throw it into the fire. Did you say how much it is? <laughs> oh, it's six fifty, uh, I think. Yeah, six hundred fifty dollars. Okay. All right, that's a good contender, Mike. What did you find? Um. All right, so I'll show you what I found because I can do that. Because there you go. Can you guys see that? No, we can't see anything. Seriously? No, we can't see it. Oh, right. But you anyway. did you did show a picture of a oh. GS seven fifty. Oh there yes. it is. You see it? No, yep. I'm showing it on my on my screen. Your bike. Yeah. Okay. Tell us what you got. So, what this is is it is a nineteen eighty three GS seven fifty E. Yep. Um and the reason that I picked this one out was and i'll show you the description of it the price was right um odometer it says twenty one thousand miles on it yeah um, which is nothing for those bikes yeah and it's also from what i was looking at it looks like it's kind of a touring thing uh a touring bike so th this one to me it reminds me of i i just did a cafe racer with dave the guy who works for me mm -hmm. and this reminds me exactly of that it's a, he has uh the nighthawk 750 it literally has almost the same seat, you know, the same kind of fairing that uh, follows the tank underneath, right. um, the same uh, tail end. The only difference that I'm seeing with this bike is that is the front end. And then when I was looking at some other pictures of it, it kind of looks like maybe the predecessor or, or somewhere around the Katana, but the front fairing on it kind of has this like Dyna looking like fairing, but it's like with the square headlight like the Katana. So I just figured this bike looks pretty cool, but um, and then I went through my motorcycle shed the other day and I have so many parts cause I'm just like, a I, I like buy things and I'm like, Oh, that's wrong. Like, and I'm, I've <laughs> it. I'm like, Oh, it's wrong. Like, Oh, this is wrong. And, and, and so I built, you know, I've, I've messed around with a bunch of bikes and now I've got this massive box of like spare stuff. I literally have, um, 
Moto Gadget, um, what do you call it? The, the buttons for yeah. seven, eight handlebars. I've got a couple sets of seven, eight handlebars. I've got, you know, just all types of crazy shit to customize a bike. And the next one, now I saw the direction that Dave's going when we did his cafe and I liked it, but, um, you know, I've got some of my own ideas and I really like Liza's yellow bike because I, one of my favorite things, but I haven't done a cafe yet and it seems so easy. We built his bike in like two days and it really looks, um, nice. Um, and it's the same exact bike. Um, but the thing that I would change on it was I love the way that the tank follows the line of the rear fairing that comes back in the back of the cafe racer. I think that it looks so sick. And then, you know, as far as painting goes for a bike like that, it's a little bit easy because if you, if you clear out the bottom end and take out all that air shit and drop the battery down, you've got this nice, and I'm all about like, just like seeing through the bike, like uh, Marie's Savage. Right. I like that kind of like real minimalist clean look, but then with the, um, with the cafe racers, you can put those sick like badges on that triangle, you know, and, you know, welding the back end to put a loop on it wasn't that difficult, you know, putting some tabs on with, um, I got some sheet metal with Dave's thing and I just, I cut out some metal, drilled a hole in them and, and, and literally welded tabs on the triangle and we just put the sheet metal on. And, uh, I'm just thinking like, like a porcelain blue, like sky blue, um, like a powder blue, but like, mm-hmm. like not too bright blue, almost like a, kind of a sand blue. I don't know if that's confusing with like white and gold trim on it. And then around the triangle, like, like white, you know, I don't know. It just, I can see it. And then I even like the fairing that's on that bike, the, the front, uh, oh, bikini fairing. No, the yeah. towel is, I, you know, I'd use that. Again. Yeah. You know, you know, the color that is in, uh, in English speak that you're looking for is Wedgwood blue. Wedgwood. Okay. Mm. You know what I'm if talking If you look about. up Wedgwood blue, that's a real soft pale blue, the color you're looking for. But you know, I love these GSs. So the 83 GS 750 ES. Um, an interesting fact about this bike is if you, everyone loves Jixxers. And over the years, there's been many, many histories of Jixxer. And if you are a true historian, as many are, and you talk, talk about the history of the GSXR range. That bike that you chose, Mike, is always included. Because back in late 83, when they were coming up with the concept for the GSXR, the team was given that very bike and saying, well, what works on this bike? What doesn't? What breaks and what doesn't? So it, that bike really you can argue it's got more in common with a katana because in real terms it has, but it is also an incredibly important part of, of the GSXR range. And here we are in 2020 and you can't talk about Suzuki without talking about Jixas. I mean, they've become so much part of the brand. So that's a good choice. But the only thing I will say about that bike, it's not going to be a for, for a beginner. You yeah. know, um, anybody who takes on a project, the most important thing is to take on something that you're comfortable with um, and not get out of your depth. And funnily enough, I was a guest on Cleveland Motor Podcast a couple of days ago, and we were talking about this very thing that somebody had bought a, a Honda CB750 
as a project and the carburetors were plugged and so they dismantled the carburetors all the carburetors off their off the rack so now the carburetors are individual then stripped them down and gave gave them to Phil in a shoebox. There's Here's about the 128 pieces when you take all four apart and oh. throw them in a box. It's right. a lot. I've, I, I received oh. my cafe racer with those in a box. All, every all four thing. carbs dismantled in one box? Completely yeah. dismantled. Oh. And taken off the rack as well. Yeah. And oh. Phil basically said, you're done. Quite yeah. rightly, because you know, you want to pay by the hour to have them figure out how to put it back together. Right, that's crazy. You know, I'm I'm member of a Facebook group um, for GL1000 and 1100 Cafe Racers, and you know, Gold Wings are very very tempting because you see them all the time on Craigslist, and they're very very tempting because you can get a lot of bike for no money i mean less than 500 bucks you can find yourself a goldwing but they're very sophisticated bikes and to a certain extent your jigs is the same way it's got four carburetors and that ain't for sissies so well the, the same problem we ran into with the, the nighthawk was that when we started pulling all the air apart on it and then things started running like a beast and then we you know we had to pull the carb off and if you didn't tell me we were just grinding down those little pieces of plastic to get a little right. less or a little more clearance remember so, right I, know exactly. what you're saying. I mean like i say we ripped that thing apart and made it look cool in two days but to make it ride good there you, you know, go it took not, a a, not, to ev the not everybody's got an emma so no shit. the the moral of this story is projects are great but make sure you don't get ahead of yourself. If you've got 500 or 750 bucks burning a hole in your pocket and you go and see a Yamaha MX100 and then you go down the road and you see a Goldwing for $200 less money that is also not running, you know, the Goldwing might look more tempting, but unless you've got your wits about you, you are entering a world of hurt. So... Um, great projects all. All right. Who the winner? wins? Mm, God. Just remember that little 90 engine. You can yeah, but is part... she judging it based on herself being the one to rebuild it? Or no, this, it... no, this no, is no, for... No, no, no. No, if you read the rules, it was for somebody who's a first-timer getting into wrenching. All right, I'm going to that... mute myself. Then. <laughs> <laughs> something that they could take apart. I'm... I'm going to base it. I'm going to go over each one. Mm, okay. I'm going to go over each one. As beautiful as yours is, Liza, and it is, it's a little jewel, the smoking worries me. So the engine's got to come apart. Exactly. I want somebody and it's a to get stroke. into the engine. It's a four-stroke. And so for a beginner, you know, timing a four-stroke, it may be a little tricky. Mike... You know my heart's with air-cooled Suzuki's, but four carburetors? Mm, I'm not too sure about that one. So we're left with Bagel and Jim, and the two bikes are so similar that it's really hard to choose between the two. I'm going to go with Jim just because the stator really worries me on that. Mm. And I've... I've yeah. never come across an MX100 where the state has gone out. I suspect 
what the reason it needs a stator is somebody has jammed something in the flywheel to take undo the nut and chewed up one of the coils in the stator. Ooh, yeah. And that be. might be that might be expensive. So just based on that, although I like the bike very much, I think the winner here is Jim. And it's fuck, it's a two fifty Savage. How cool's that? Well, there you go. It's and even got a cool name. I think the point <laughs> here is what a great time to pick up a project bike. Did um, you hear that, yeah. Jim? You won. He's asleep. Yeah. No, he had to step yeah. away for a second, but he's been he's listening. Yeah, it was oh, very good. Okay, frozen in time. Um, yeah, and speaking of project bikes, you know what I did this past? Oh, week? yeah. What'd you get, Bagel? <laughs> I picked up my uh, my Copart uh, Vespa. Got a uh, three hundred uh, Vespa nice. GTS three hundred from uh, Copart. In fact, it's right out the window there, right there. So tell us what Copart is. So Copart is an auction site that auctions off total vehicles. So when the insurance company totals out a vehicle, mm -hmm. um, they take possession of it. And then through various legal bureaucratic hoops, they transfer it through to this company called Copart, among probably there are other companies out there too that do the same kind of thing. But they basically put these vehicles up for auction for anybody who's willing to pay whatever they're willing to pay for them. And uh, this bike was, it literally left the assembly line on the right before my my Vespa GTS 300 That's left right. the assembly line. It's number 171, mine's number 172. And uh, when I saw it came up on Copart, uh, I and I was I need another 300 engine because I blew mine up, and uh, saw it listed there and uh, got uh, got a bid in on it and uh, got the got the bike. Grew up to Sacramento, picked it up, and and now it's mine. Uh, it had been hit in the rear. Mm. Uh, somebody had plowed into the rear, right into the taillight, just smashed the whole frame in, in the back. Wow. So, um, so it's it it's it it may never be rideable again, but it definitely has lots of lots of good parts. But but just for the hell of it, I figured I'd I'd give it a try, <laughs> and I was able to to pull out the back of the frame. I fit my motorcycle jack inside between the tire and the rear frame, and just used the jack to spread it apart, and got it close enough to to um, back to factory that I was able to fit taillight and uh, turn signals on it. So I'm just going to take it over to the CHP and see if I can get a VIN <laughs> verification and see if I can get it titled. Well, there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. So if you want to talk people through, because I know everyone's going to go on to Copart now and start looking. Oh, yes. Now, the public aren't actually allowed right. to buy direct from Copart. So this what I want true. you to do, Bagel, is talk through the process of you found your bike on copart it's 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 the perfect bike now what mm -hmm. do you do so basically what you need to do is you need to uh find a broker who can bid on the bike for you um a broker is somebody who has typically somebody who has a salvage vehicle license and um can and has has the you know, gone through all the hoops and, and verifications to be able to, to bid on these things because they don't want people just buying vehicles that may be uh, questionably, questionably safe for the road. They don't and... want people doing what you did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but basically if you, if you go through, you need to get a, uh, get a broker who will bid on the auction for you and put in your maximum price. And once the auction starts, I think you usually have, uh, I don't know, 
an hour or two for uh, for the bids to be uh, be sent in. And if you have a highest bid bid by the end, it's yours. And then you got to got three days to pay for it. And um, and if you, if you can't pick it up within those three days too, they'll start charging you storage fees. Um, so I I wasn't able to get up there for about a week, so I had to pay an extra seventy five bucks in storage. But but uh, you know it worked out. And uh, and so now I've got a a spare parts bike that is identical to my own, my own bike that runs better. Um, <laughs> it, it runs. Period. <laughs> it runs. <laughs> and and I did actually start it up, uh, charge the battery up. The battery was totally dead. Um, the thing had been sitting for months out there. Yeah. Uh, but the battery took a charge, uh, started it up, rode it around, and it it rides. And uh, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I'm stoked. So there, and you know, and I have to say, this has got me like thinking, oh, do I want a project bike? Oh, I got rid of all my mm. projects. But no, I think I still need to just sell some more bikes and get down to like the one that I have that I never ride, my project bike. And You should build a bike around the seat that I made you. <laughs> I know. <right>? Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, so there you go get a project what a great time and uh you know if you need help you can always uh join us on patreon on the ask miss emma for ten dollars a month and she'll answer all your questions but i will navigate you through buying your bike um and you know i it it takes me back to oftentimes i'd go down to la and i'd take the train and you go through Van Nuys, and one of the lots is on Van Nuys, and there are just hundreds mm. of these mm. things in the parking lot. And they're beautifully laid out, but some of them are very, very heavily crashed. But to give you an idea, let's go to um, – I'm on Crash Toys right now. Um, yep. That's a site? Which is, it is one of the sites, and we're going to go to – here we go. Uh, it is a 2019 Ooh. Triumph Motorcycle what? Speed Twin. Um, it has got, let's have a look at the Speedo. Speedo's digital on it, so you can't really tell. But it's got pretty heavy front damage. But it's still a great-looking bike. Um, it's obviously a low-mileage bike. I'm going to speculate it's probably got less than 5,000 miles on it. Um, engine looks good. It's a 1,200-speed twin. Um, the current bid is 525 US dollars. Wow. The seller reserve hasn't y y been met yet. However, there is a buy-it-now of 3,500 on it. 3500 So if you know what you're doing, you could buy this bike for 3500 maybe put a 1000 bucks worth of parts in it, and you've got an $8,000, $9,000 bike. Or conversely, if you want a virtually brand-new Triumph um, that you don't mind putting the work in yourself without paying retail, it's a good way of going about it. Great. Hi, Marie. You know, <laughs> I think she's got dinner. Um and there's a t there's a ton like that. That's um, that's what Copart's about. So if you go on a Copart and just punch in your own zip code, they'll find the uh, vehicles close to you. Yeah, I will. I will also say though that that uh, the, the prices can be deceptive on there. Uh, I think my winning bid was five fifty, and after all of the various fees and everything that got added on, I think the total ended up being like eight hundred and sixty-seven dollars. But still, <laughs> not a bad deal. 
Nice. So speaking of Ask Miss Emma, um, we had an email sent in uh, this week, Emma, that was a good one. I thought it'd be worth sharing and just read it online because somebody who has an issue that a lot of people may have. So let's... Um, Let's, I'm going to read this uh, email from Eric Hendrickson. He says, hello, misfits. I'm sending this to you. I'd love insight from anyone, but this at this point, I just need some guidance more than anything. I have a 2014 Ninja 650, and it's my first fully fared bike. I normally okay. ride standards or nakeds, and I noticed on my very first ride that the noise from the wind hitting my helmet was deafening. I've tried every adjustment position I can on the windscreen, and I've also tried multiple aftermarket screens like the Zero Gravity SR and Double Bubble. Depending upon the settings, it's better or worse, but still quite loud. I find that no matter where the screen is set, I get hit in either the chin or the forehead. I am of average height, and I can't believe that this is such a huge factor. Just to make sure I'm not crazy, he's, he says he stands up on the pegs to get his head into clear air and it's quiet as can be. So what can I do? Is this just how it is? Is it like this on all fared bikes? It's a fine bike, but I'm seriously considering selling it because it ruins the experience for me. So, yes. Do you have, uh, have, Mike, have you had that problem with any of your bikes? Me? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, cause I think really cause with your, say. your massive head, I mean, you're he, really, he's the wrong true. person. He's the wrong person it's true. to ask. No, he hasn't got, he hasn't I mean, got any bikes with fairings on. Yeah. I used to have the Suzuki SV, uh, 650 fully fared. Um, and I put a tall fairing on it and I would get wind on it. I mean, it was, I feel like it, you know, I, I don't notice it on any of my cruisers when I'm going pretty fast that like my head or my neck's going like this, just because I feel like um, I'm a little prepared for it. The wind's not directly going at my face, but I think that when you have a fairing that's like that, it's like intended to break the wind and push it past you, but it always kind of pushes it right into you. And then you always see people put the extended fairing, uh, extended windshield on top of them. But I, you know, and it is true. Yeah. Those, those style of bikes, that fairing, that small You're fairing is tough. really to take the wind off of your like chest and your body, which is still does help a lot with, um, you know, getting tired from taking the wind, but it does hit your helmet. So but you're meant to be in a tuck on that bike though. Where if your helmet's lower, then the the wind is hitting like the kind of and creating that aerodynamic force, right? I mean, yeah, but you don't always want to ride in a tuck. No, Interestingly sure. enough, when me and Liza rode back from LA, mm -hmm. and we were cruising at well, I can't say how fast we were cruising, but <laughs> it was somewhere between ninety and one hundred and ten. It was somewhere between. I want to get home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the fact is. It, my RF was so loud that my hearing was actually damaged for three days. And wow. I was getting, by day three, I was actually getting kind of scared because I still get, couldn't um, get any of the high notes. And that was with not great ear protection. Next time, I'm going to use better ear protection. But for three days, um, any high frequencies... I was done, and it just started to gradually come back. So, Eric, unfortunately, it is part and parcel of it. Um, unless you get one of these set of bikes with a giant windshield that goes above your head, like my old um, 
PC 800, you're going to hear a ton of wind noise. Or like the Veta Challenge guys. So I will well, say the, the fairing does make a big difference, but different helmets will have different effects. I mean, I've had helmets that whistled. That was annoying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're that's a whole point of any sport bike. You're going to get. You're going to get hit in the face. What do you think, Bagel? Well, well, there there are also uh, different adjustments that you can make too. Um, if because if you're say for example, if you're somebody who's really tall on on a sports bike, and and you're finding you're getting too much wind in your helmet, you, there might be, it might be possible to get a, a larger windscreen to put on there. Well, or, they, he said he put on a couple of those. Okay. Um, well, the other possibility too is is that um, even if a taller windscreen isn't enough. There are uh, even some add-on, like a almost like a little mm -hmm. spoiler that you can put yep. on top of the windscreen to get uh, to kind of direct the it's airflow a, deflector. a little bit different. It's just a little deflector right. that goes on there just to deflect it up a little right. bit higher. And that can help. But also what I've found too is that uh, if you have a windscreen that's the wrong height where it's like kind of in between where it's not mm -hmm. – so high that the wind goes over your helmet but it's not so low that the wind goes over your chest but hits your helmet like in that in-between area that's where i've found you really get all the really bad buffeting where your head just kind of goes all over the place yeah it's, it's where that 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 airstream kind of hits you right in the middle so so if you can't get the airstream to go high enough to go over your helmet you might actually want to go with a lower windscreen one that that directs the wind just over your shoulders but doesn't hit hit your but well, well the wind does hit your helmet mm -hmm. but that uh that's that's that uh, that slipstream doesn't uh doesn't contact you right in the helmet because that's where you get that buffering and that and that really wears you down really quick while you're riding and there are some bikes take this into account there are some bikes it's not coming from over the fairing that is causing the problem it's coming from the around the neck up mm. on the inside yeah and some people don't realize i know in the africa twin they actually make some little flaps to go in there because it mm. is such a problem coming up through the neck on that jim do you have a problem on your uh, fz1 with uh too much head buffeting Oh yeah, I have that with um, most of my bikes actually, but the FC1 especially with a stock the stock windscreen, um, it was almost unrideable above 83 miles miles an hour. I was super bummed. So what was um, your solution? The tour, the tour, what's that? So what's your solution? So I went to the touring windscreen, which which got the wind like Bagel saying up off my chest up into my helmet, mm -hmm. which is better, um, but it's not great. And that's one of the big reasons why I take the Africa Twin on longer trips because of the wind protection. Um, but for, you know, two or three hours or more, it's not so bad. But yeah, stock windscreen on that FC1, it was, like I said, it sucked. So yeah, Emma, do you think he should sell the bike or do you think he should uh, stick with nah, it? Nah, I mean, it's it. the Ninja 650 is a great bike. Um, you've really got to take... You've, you've really got to take the overall experience, Eric. I mean, if if you really are struggling with it, and after a lifetime of riding standards, I can understand why you would be rather disappointed by this. Um, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, get some decent ear protection, and decent ear protection means like army issue earplugs. Um, and just kind of find the best seating position that suits you and try not to focus just on the wind noise focus on all the other bikes annoying attributes i mean think of it like <laughs> um 
in Eric's case, you know, having a perfect wife, wife or husband who's the most wonderful person, but um, farts in bed. You know, if 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 the farting in bed consumes all the rest of the wonderful attributes, that's all you're going to think about. But if you take the whole picture, you know, it might not be quite such a big deal. It's certainly an adjustment. Thank you um, for taking it to a weird place, Emma. Well, you know, that's that's what I always do. I should point out that I love my standards, but the visceral love I have for that RF900 is like nothing else, even though it is by far the noisiest bike I own. I'm going to throw out one more suggestion. Um, let's not rule out that the helmet might be the bigger problem here. So Could be. either try a new helmet or tape around the uh, the mask, you know, put tape all the seams and see if that makes it a lot quieter. I may have missed it. Does he wear any earplugs? No. Well, in the, if it, well that's a no-brainer. Yeah. And did he say what kind of helmet? Difference. He didn't say what He's kind of helmet. So I'm going to say don't rule out that the helmet might be the problem. Yeah, because I, I once got a, uh, a flip-up. In fact, the first flip-up I had gotten um, – I, I literally rode the thing once on a long trip. I couldn't ride with that helmet again. It, it made so much yeah. like a whistling noise while I was riding it. It drove me nuts. And like after an hour, I was like, I wanted to like just rip the thing off. There you go. All right. So um, we have one more email. This one is from Patty in New Jersey. All right. And this is. Oh, a- wait, 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 wait. This Paddy is- Paddy, Paddy. 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 Probably oh, should yeah, be said with an Irish accent. I'm oh, thinking. sure you are now. It's oh, from Paddy. Oh, yeah, Paddy. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Is, 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 is Paddy's last name Melt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's O Furniture. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Ah, sure it is now. You're just lying on the floor like a bag of choice. <laughs> Paddy of Furniture. All right, so... Paddy is a critical care nurse in New Jersey. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Now you feel dumb. Hey, oh. so, hey, Patty. Thank you. So, Thank you for what you do. He says, I last reached out when my understanding wife encouraged me to pick up my KLX 250 so I can learn dirt. Well, I'm trying to do my part both to help fight the contagion and motorcycles. I um. It says, oh, wait, both to help fight the contagion and motorcycles, I am conflicted. As essential as an essential employee, I am making a lot of overtime money right now. And conversely, people are hurting for money. I don't want to prey on those in need, but bike prices are dropping fast. A bucket list bike, an RC51 SP2, popped up on his radar. Currently in track trim, the owner is selling the bike with a clean title and full track prep for less than 3000 He says he already found a guy who did the same conversion and is selling everything he would need to make it streetable for less than one and a half thousand. So four to four and a half thousand layout for a low mileage RC 51 super clean examples are going for upwards of 8,000. I like doing my own work and I'm in lust with the idea of this project, but it feels like blood money and slightly predatory. Then again, these guys could use the money, pull the trigger. What do you think? It's a, not an up the butt bike, but a back alley hand job bike for sure. Do it. P.S. Love knock. Aw. Oh, 
that's kind of, that's very kind of him yeah i think i'd do it i mean number one paddy don't feel guilty about you working and others not i mean for god's sake you're a critical care nurse if 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 you're one of you're one of the few people who shouldn't feel guilty about working um and taking all the overtime you can get um just bear in mind that a track bike, mm -hmm. if a track bike's got 3,000 miles on it, it's equivalent to at least six to 9,000 for a street bike. You know, track miles are hard mm -hmm. miles. Um, so, you know, just because it's, it's a suit. Did he say how many miles are on it? No. Yeah, I mean, just because it's low mileage doesn't mean it'll be like a low mileage bike. Conversely, you know, most people who own RC51s do tend to look after them. Um, so it's probably going to have been well cared for. I think of that kind of money, you really can't go far wrong anyway. But ride it because you love the concept of it, not because you're getting a four, you know, an $8,000 bike for four and a half grand. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about, I mean... It doesn't matter what's going on. That is the current market price. If somebody's asking it, um, also, I mean, if somebody is willing to sell something for that cheap, that money right now is so important to them. So it doesn't matter what the price is. It's the timing when no one else is paying. It's it's important. So um, yeah, I say go for it too. Yeah, and and also if if you really feel bad about getting a really good price on it, you know, keep in touch with the former owner, and if the bike, if you really like the bike, a couple months from now, see if he needs a couple bu couple hundred bucks to you know help keep him going. Dude, you you're know? a critical care nurse in New Jersey. You have earned it. Trust me. Oh, well, for sure. Well, but I'm just saying, if you need to alleviate that guilt. <laughs> so uh, I I think that. I think that about wraps everything up. We didn't even get no, to talk about so. Mike's new bike. No, we didn't. I, I'm tired of talking about Mike's new bikes. He gets one like every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't want to listen. That's why I didn't want to do the whole the dirt. He got he uh, went and he never calls me anymore, Mike. <laughs> listen, listen, that's, that's why right. I didn't want to do. Look, look, I love you, man. But that's hey, why I didn't want to do this Craigslist thing either right. because then it starts sparking ideas. And now we got this box over here and all these fucking parts and shit. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't want to get tempted. And if I bring another fucking bike home, I mean, I got to run these bikes every day. I get, I get too many. You know what I mean? I literally got to take one of these things out because you can't let them sit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, so anyway, hey, I, so, I got yeah, a 300 nice, MXC. Yeah. Nice, nice bike, Mike. Where is that bike right now, darling? Where is that? Oh, come on. Really? You're going to do me like that? <laughs> Really? That's how you're going to do me? <laughs> hey, does anyone want to see Mike's new bike? <laughs> it's in your fucking garage, man. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I get you. You want me to give you the, the quick nope. and dirty? So what, Nobody what is loves you like I do, Mike. Tell us, Nobody loves you like I do. Tell us what you got. Okay. I got a, uh, I think it's a 96 KTM 300 MXC two-stroke. Nice. The nicest it thing is fucking scary. So now you can do the hill climb with no excuse. Listen, oh, did I didn't tell you? <laughs> I fell over on the hill climb on my uh, <laughs> on my uh, SWM. <laughs> oh no! I dude, I like old man body. I couldn't pick the fucking thing up, and everyone's watching me, and I'm just like, I, I got to a point where I just drag the fucking bike down. I was trying to get it up, <laughs> and just pull it down in neutral. <laughs> Dave was, you know, Dave said to me, he's like, I didn't. He's like, I felt like so bad. I felt like I was watching like my father like collapse. 
I'm right there with you, Mike. I know we were going to do a loop after that, a quick loop, and then go home. I said, let's just try the hill climb. This thing's 500. This will rip up the hill. It, it was so silty. It just, you know what? It really wasn't uh, meant to be. And it fell over. And I dragged the fucking bike down. And by the time I got down, I swear to God, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm not doing anything. I'm going home. I feel like I need to go to hospital right now. <laughs> I'm dying. But anyway, so I, I took this, I, I got the bike on, on trade. I was doing some work and they've had the bike for a while, the uh, KTM. And it was sitting um, <clears throat> and they stored it with whatever you put in the gas tank to store it. And uh, when I first got it, I, I got some race fuel, 110, uh, I think it is. And I, I put it in the tank and, and cleaned it out and then flushed it through. You want to say hi? Hey, Marie. You want to say hi? Hi. 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 <laughs> hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're just wrapping up. <laughs> I like your hair. All right. So. And the Jonas. Come on. All right. Well, I'm trying to talk here. I'm trying to tell a story here. You're breaking my ball. Riveting for the podcast right now. Riveting. This is no, it's not live, but go away. So, congratulations on the bike. Well, I just want to tell you what happened, though. You got a minute? Yeah, let's go. You fucking my wife just come in and we got dinner. I'm telling you the story. Let me tell you the story. So anyway, I flush the thing out. I run it through, and then I. I, I fill it back up again and I run the 110 through the carb, you know, and this thing had been, you know, pretty dried out. Everything was good. Uh, I, I, and then I filled it up with the, the, the good mix, you know, with the gas and the oil. And, uh, I kicked the thing and right away the thing started up and ran perfect, ran great. Um, I did it a couple of times, ran around my, my place here. And then I went down and rode it down in Hollister for a couple hours and the thing was ripping, you know what I mean? Um, and then, but the whole time there was a, a leak by the carb, like right where the, the bucket sits, right, right around the main seal or whatever the fuck. The float. And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't the float. The, the it was, float it, bowl, no? No, it wasn't. The, it was the float bowl, but it wasn't yeah. like okay. whatever. So it was just a, a slight leak. And you know how I am. I mean, you guys all know how I am. I'm fucking crazy about shit. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to work for me. Like this thing needs to work perfect, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I find parts for it and I'm like, this is going to be easy. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just going to pop a new seal on and then bike's perfect. We're good to go. I lucked out on this one. And just like the fucking Harley that me and Emma, I did, you know what I mean? It does. I got a problem with carbs. I got issues. Carbs don't like me and I don't like carbs. I, I did this split fucking thing with the carbon. The next thing you know, the thing is like a heart just exploding in my hand. I don't know what the fuck, man. It's crazy. So anyway, I put this thing back together with it. All I did was change the seal on the motherfucker, right? Put it back in and uh, uh, turn the gas on. And here I am going, getting ready to kick the thing over. It kicks over, boom, starts right up. And I'm like, fuck yeah, awesome. Uh, and all of a sudden I step off the bike to just kind of like let it sit and just kind of observe the bike. And all of a sudden every fucking hose connected to the carb, gas coming out of it. I don't even know where the fuck this shit was coming from. Gas here, gas over there. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, how is that even possible? How did I even, I didn't even change anything inside of the fucking thing? I didn't change anything, literally. And then, so what I think happened was that the filter right behind it was a bit old and crusty. And if you've had one that sits for a while, they kind of just disintegrate. I think that fucking around with that uh, when I when I was going to remove the car because it's difficult, maybe suck some shit through there. Then here's what happened, right? So then, and then I'm like, all right, well I could fix this. It's it's the float stuff, right? 
first thing, right? You know, they turn off, did you, you turn it on and off? That's the simple thing you do mm-hmm. first, check the float. Well, let me tell you something. It wasn't the fucking float. I put everything back together. I go to kick it. Now all of a sudden I'm standing on it and the fucking kick won't go down. Oh, it won't no. even fucking go. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Oh no. I'm like, dude, I changed the seal on a fucking card. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? This isn't good encouraging so, people to get a project bike. Just so, yeah, you know. so then I pull the tank and I pull everything off and I'm like, okay, I, I called Emma, you know, and, and, and remember of Ask Emma Army. And I'm like, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this bike? And, uh, and, and she told me what I already kind of was thinking. I pulled the, the spark plug out and I start kicking it. And all of a sudden it's just like sloshy wet noise. And, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and I'm like, what the fuck? So it's kicking free now. No problem. But I'm like, all right, well maybe I got it. Then I get my shop back and I like tape a bunch of little fucking hoses on it and get a little hose down there. Try to suck some of the gas out. I'm like, there's got to be some some fucking gas still up in here, and it's probably wet, and that's why it's not firing because it's not a spray. Who the fuck? No, I don't know shit. I make bikes pretty. That's what I do. You know what I mean? I'm not a mechanic. I'm not gonna front like I am. So anyway, put the whole thing back together, and I go to kick it. Same shit. And now I'm finally getting a little bit of a kick on it, but all of a sudden I'm I'm seeing gas on the bottom of the bike again, and I'm looking, and it's coming from the exhaust port, and I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, this thing is like, like the, the, the gas must be draining straight to the tank, straight through the carb, right into the fucking piston chamber and right out the exhaust. And there's just no, it just, there's no spark. Not even if there was a yep. spark, it don't even matter. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then so I pulled it apart, did it a couple of times. And I finally said, I said, Emma, uh, you know, happy COVID Friday. I'm going to come <laughs> drop the bike off. <laughs> the garage ain't open. <laughs> so there you have it. So, that's yeah, that's I'm, why I saw you in your van on Friday. That's right. I saw you, man. <laughs> that's right. Everybody's seen me. Like Ghostbusters. Like my, my truck's so obvious. So Emma, how simple was it? Uh, I haven't I haven't fixed it yet. The, so we'll we'll save that for next week then. We'll save that for next week. It's gonna be carburetor problems. So, I mean it's I wanna try and yeah. get rid of the squelching noise. I don't like the squelching Ooh. noise when you kick it. Ooh. No squelchy squelchy. So I got a question for y'all. So if we're opening the garage next week, does that mean you guys are gonna come in person for the podcast recording? <laughs> Are we going to do the uh, podcast in person? Well, I don't think you really need to. Right now. Well, Emma, Emma can't be at the garage, drive home, and be on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if it's safe to be in one enclosed room for that long, though. Right. Yeah. I think w- the way we're going to have to play it is... Do it on a Monday. Monday evening. Well, you know, a lot of people rely on us to to have a new podcast for them for Monday morning. So my suggestion is um, me and Liza will do it from um, the studio and maintain a social distance. And you guys can chime in. Or maybe I'll put uh, you in the other room, Emma. You can be in the other room. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, figure something out. Okay. Well, good. So, I mean, we're starting to get a little bit back to normal, I think. I mean, Emma, you finally went out for a ride. Um, yeah, and I, I thoroughly the- enjoyed it. I mean, it cleared the cobwebs out of my head. We're and- going to open the garage, bagels, buying broken bikes. I mean, it's the same. <laughs> we're getting back to normal. Same as it ever was. <laughs> 
Nice. Yep. Um, one last uh, thing I want to say. Um, yes, thank you for everyone who's uh, contacted me about our website being down. Yes, um, we are building a new website. Um, our server went down. Everything was lost. I, I think the term is catastrophic data it was, loss. Yeah, catastrophic data Ooh, loss. Ooh, not good. So yeah. I'm building a whole new site. So it'll it'll be okay. coming back. Exactly. Yep. So I think that wraps. Anyone have any last messages for everyone? Yeah, I got to go to dinner. Yeah, you got to go to dinner. <laughs> well, then I'm going to say thank you again, everyone, uh, for listening. I hope everyone is staying safe. And, um, you know, again, if you want a T-shirt, uh, support us on Patreon, $5 or more. I still got some shirts left. But um, get out there and ride. Just ride by yourself and ride safe. That's my motto. So, right. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, stay safe. Take it easy. Um, look after yourself. And thank you all for listening. You guys are just great. And don't forget to go to Evil Knievel Toys and get your stunt oh, cycle so yeah. you can try and yep. beat that. So, yeah, yeah don't we, forget. We, I, I'll we put, threw down the gauntlet to the Motorcycle and Misfit crew, I think, Liza. I think, I think people will surpass us. But I think we, we set the bar in a good sort of way. Yeah, Bagel, did Especially you see the video? Moto. I think I did. not even in our league. I yeah, know. That, that, video, that I, video is fantastic. I like you got to wait for it. Yeah, I feel like it's it's low. It's very very misfits lowbrow, you know, production. It, we should have like <laughs> we should have like lowbrow production company in the beginning of all. Videos, yeah, you know what I mean? but you know what? gasoline. You know what? You you made a good point, and I'm going to throw out a challenge to the Cleveland Moto guys. Ooh, Folks, go ahead, come on, beat that video. I know, Bill, I know you want this toy. I know you do. So there you go. So thank you. So we'll hey, there's we'll have to come up with a bet. We'll wager something. We'll oh, have to come up with that. I know. Uh, whoever loses has to lick a railing at the airport. How about that? Oh, hell no. Oh, God, no. 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 <laughs> too, too soon? They're definitely going to beat us. Too soon. Definitely All right. too soon. All right. So let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. I'm a darling. Bagel. Mike. Nick and Jim. And we're out of here. Cool, cool, cool. cool.